Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On Level Up this week, I'm delighted to welcome Ryan Tavita, Managing Director USA at Veloce, the world's leading esports and racing growth platform. Ryan, I really appreciate you coming on today to chat all things esports and Veloce with me. But first off, um, how are you? How's your how's general life for you? Thanks so much for having me, Nathan. Appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be here. And yeah, life is good. I'm, I'm back in New York um, after being in the UK for a little while for the first time in over a year. Um, since I was in the UK, uh, obviously since COVID hit. So um, it was great to, to be back in the office with the guys in, Lon- uh, in London. We moved offices to a new HQ in Fulham. So to see that and to see where we came uh, from in, in the last year was, was really cool. So it's, it's uh, yeah, great, great to be here. Nice. And how are things in New York? Because I know last year it was, it was pretty dire, wasn't it, with the pandemic and everything? How, how are things now? Yeah, it was. Uh, things are actually really good now. Um, the vaccine rollout has been really effective here. And, and now uh, in New York, especially in New York City, um, the cases are just extremely low. So it feels like life is getting back to normal and uh, been able to travel a little bit now. And, and yeah, everything's everything's good. But yeah, certainly back in March and, and April, it was uh, very intense over here, but happy to be on the other side of that now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel now for everyone. I think absolutely. we can kind of see that with the vaccine rollout and everything, it's been really good in the UK as well. Um, so hopefully we'll get back to normality soon. But um, as well, I think esports has shown during the pandemic that esports can kind of take up the slack where real life sports can't. Um, because Absolutely. you can obviously do it remotely and things, so it's been it's been great to see like esports more in the limelight as well over the past eighteen months. I think that's been one of the real positives for me and something that's kept me going through the whole pandemic. Really, in watching you know talented guys, not only in professional esports but just general gaming as well. You know, just you know being on Call of Duty with your mates or on the F one yeah, game or I race or whatever. Um, I mean, is, that, a... is that what it's been like for you as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously the pandemic. Um... Conversely, has uh, been a huge uh, benefit to us in terms of viewership growth and and uh, in in terms of events we were able to put on um, once lockdown started. Uh, we were really agile in how we put on the uh, the not the GP series in, in forty eight hours to replace the Australian Grand Prix once it was cancelled and uh, the viewership we saw from that and the, and obviously getting real F one drivers involved and people like. Uh, Ian Poulter and Thibaut Courtois, Real Madrid goalkeeper, and and uh, quite a few different characters who just are are, are interested in gaming, um, and get them involved in a really entertaining, just fun event. Um, really showed the 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 growth and the the viability of of esports. I think, and I mean, yeah, everyone obviously stuck at home gaming. I w- I've been gaming a lot as well, playing Call of Duty with my friends, and that was really the only way you could could socialize then. So. Um, 
that's really where I think, uh, yeah, esports really uh, saw, a lot, and especially for us at Veloce, we saw a ton of growth uh, during that time. Yeah, you mentioned the not the Bahrain GP and that kind of not the GP series. Um, that was the first time really that I really kind of heard of Veloce and what you guys were doing and, and the whole company and the, the kind of strategy behind it as well. I mean, those races were so good. Uh, like at the time, like yeah. even if you watch them back now, like in comparison to, to real life racing, if you want to call it that, but so, so exciting all the way through. Yeah, I mean, the key with that is just we wanted to create something that was fun and engaging and entertaining for the community that brought together a bunch of different people that you wouldn't normally expect. And from whether it was uh, our pro drivers like Danny Berezne and, and James Baldwin versus Lando uh, and Charles Leclerc. And I mean, I was in the... Uh, Bahrain in, in a couple of them too and I mean yeah it was uh, the the racing was just really it was really good and it was really fun and I think that's why um, we were able to achieve so much amazing viewership is because in the end the the product I guess of, of what we put on was uh, just really fun to watch so that that was certainly a, a big moment for us and and kind of put us on a, a really good trajectory of growth over the last year one of the main reasons I loved it as well was really because I'm a massive fan of Lando Norris obviously and you've got a, a you've helped do the the quadrant brand that he's recently launched and stuff but I mean, I watched the the not the GP just to see if he could actually stay in the race for more than ten <laughs> minutes, and there was the whole Lando bot. Lando bot, yeah, there, exactly. Was, no, it was brilliant. Amazing. It was just amazing content around all of that, um, which I think was was it was a great thing for racing esports as well because uh, certainly F one esports and other let's say more sim racing focused um, leagues and stuff like that. I mean, st they were at that time still pretty pretty small, pretty niche. Obviously, F1 Esports has been growing considerably, but uh, when you compare that to the likes of uh, the CDL or or Overwatch or League of Legends, of course, like um, it's nothing in comparison to that. But I think involving uh, the, how, the, how the real drivers got involved in events like ours and, and other people within the esports and gaming community got involved, uh, I think that really brought... Um, entertaining racing esports focused events and content and and obviously was a boost to f1 esports as well so that was a a really a really great time for us as veloce because obviously that's really the market that that we sit in so um yeah it was a, that was a, a great a great time for us yeah i mean in march 2020 when when everything stopped really and you had the australian grand prix called off at the very last minute and then that's when you know things really started to get serious around the world but how it seems like you turned that around really quickly that idea we did, um, we did. i mean it was pretty crazy i was actually flew down to florida for the day I can't remember what day it was in March, but it was it was when things were kicking off. I flew down to Florida from New York for the day to bring uh, an old play seat I had and a steering wheel to Stoffel uh, Van Dorn, who's uh, who was obviously uh, racing Formula One and, and Formula E with Mercedes. Now he's a, a friend of a friend of mine and a friend of the company's too. But he was he wanted to do the event, but he didn't have a sim setup, so we uh, we got him a, a PC that he picked up at Best Buy, and then <laughs> and then I flew down for the day. Uh, to go bring him the play seat from my old play seat that I had uh, here at home in New York and my old Logitech wheel so he could uh, 
he could do the race with us. So there was a lot of behind the scenes that kind of most people don't know about to put on that event. But uh, and also during the event, in terms of the broadcast and everything, it was a bit, it was a bit touch and go at sometimes because I mean, look, we were broadcasting on on the Formula One channel and to hundreds of thousands of live viewers. So um, it was a pretty amazing feat to be honest for us at at that time we were 12 people within the company um to pull that off so yeah can't imagine like the the amount of time on the phone that you guys must have spent like trying to get as many racing drivers as you can as, as oh, many man. personalities as yeah. you can and yeah it, it it all worked out and it, it it i think that was part of the fun of it all and people knew that like we were just just uh, getting getting people involved for the sake of it and and i think that put a gave the gave the whole thing a really uh approachable uh, approachable way for them to kind of get into racing esports so i think that was uh, that was again a huge success for us how much did that surprise you the success of that it definitely was surprise it was a bit surreal to be honest when you saw like 150,000 live concurrent viewers on the formula 1 channel watching our Veloce, not not the GP or Veloce versus events. Um, I think we just uh, we knew we had the a really unique approach just because of the way we uh, because of our our media network and because of the the creators and and the the reach that we have as as Veloce that most most don't necessarily see from the outside, which gives us the power to. To, to put on stuff like this but so it wasn't necessarily i mean for sure it was a surprise to see that many people watching but um it, it was kind of a validation of our our model uh our business model in the sense of um that we we can we can pull we can pull things off like that so yeah yeah i, I remember introducing it to my dad the the bahrain not the bahrain grand prix and yeah. um i think it was like halfway through and i was just like you've got to watch this and he was like is that is that Ian, Ian Poulter and yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nico Hulkenberg and Latifi and Van Dorn and Gutierrez? I was like, yep, yep, their their races. Like, no, no, surely. No. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that, that's actually them racing around. And he, he, then he started getting really into I think that's just, that's the magic of esports and gaming, isn't it? The fact that you can connect all these people together on yeah. one session and one racetrack and they've all got equal equipment. And, Absolutely. You know, it's, just, it's just fun, isn't it? That's, yeah. It's just the fun, the fun of it, really. That's the, it, there is the esports side that it's unbelievably competitive some of the professional esports drivers like Gianna Watt in, insane yeah yeah James Baldwin like watching some of the onboards from that like it's just crazy but at the end of the day with the not the GP stuff it was just so fun to watch for everyone it was just it was just great I thought um and it was it, it came at a time when we really needed it as well we needed something to watch exactly you needed something fun on. to watch exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. so but if, if you'll allow me um I'm just going to rewind because um Ryan you are a professional racing driver in your own right and you've competed in some of the biggest series in the world in terms of like gp3 f2 i mean you competed in f2 as soon as like uh, 2019 for trident and you're in the gp3 series in 2018 2017 um but i mean we always talk in esports about um you know the it could be a way into to real life race and stuff and and you're you're one of those guys that did not have a typical racing driver career, if you like, because I was reading like the first the first race you were ever involved in, you were seventeen, is that right? Yeah, I had actually just turned eighteen. Um and 
Yeah, it was. Uh, or sorry, no, actually, it wasn't when I was seventeen. <laughs> I feel I feel so old now. Now that I'm twenty, I just turned twenty seven. So um, crazy to think that's ten years ago now. But yeah, so my first race ever actually was when I was seventeen in uh, in Montreal uh, at the Canadian Grand Prix as a support race to the F1 race. So um, I didn't start in go karts when I was really young. Um, my family we moved around too much, and education was always a priority. So I never had the opportunity to get into go karts when I was really young. Um, but basically, I caught a lucky break, uh, got introduced to a, a team owner in Canada, uh, reached out to him and convinced him to give me a test. And I mean, I had grown up playing racing video games, to be honest. Uh, F1 Champions Edition. I would do like full Grand Prix distances. What a game. And, what a game. Yeah, I, what yeah. a game. Exactly. Um, and playing Gran Turismo. And, and, but obviously, I, I went karting a couple of times and I knew I, I was... They would always say like, oh, your son's good. Or they're like, oh, they're just saying that. But like... Um, then I then I got that opportunity and and the test went really well and I was able to get my my uh, do do a few more and get my racing license and and do that that first race and I, I finished tenth out of forty four in in my first time on track with other cars so uh, I was obviously while I was still in in high school so um, I only did three races but again had a few more top tens and racing against guys who were much older than I was at the time and who also had a lot more experience. Um, than I did. But once I graduated high school, started at university, uh, but then got the opportunity to race full time in 2013 in, in Europe. Um, so I decided to leave university and, and pursue racing full time. So that's when um, my first race, actually, I was up against guys like Esteban Ocon, uh, Oliver Rowland, uh, Jake Dennis, uh, <laughs> Jack Aiken, uh, a bunch of uh, really good drivers who had very, uh, very strong careers in karting. And that was basically my my first full season ever racing and first time on a European tracks and stuff like that. So it was baptism by fire and thrown into the deep end. But uh, I really had to learn quickly and, and, and adapt and kind of apply myself in a, in a, in a different way compared to the experience that, that, that I, the other guys I was going up against. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, came from, came from gaming as when I was young, but then obviously, um, the the transition to 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 real racing is is certainly um very challenging and the the barriers that you encounter once you get to a very high level um are obviously uh for some most people insurmountable from a cost perspective so um that's uh what what's really great about what we're doing in in racing esports and racing esports in general is that like you can act if you're good enough you can actually you can make it and you can be paid for that rather than uh, the opposite way in in, yeah. uh, in in real racing. So That's amazing, is it? Because there's a traditional path, isn't there? That, that it's, it's almost like, you know, throughout the F1 paddock and F2 and F3, there's this thing where, you know, you have to come through karting and you have to go through all the formulas and there's like a traditional thing. You yeah, have to, I don't think you have to. You definitely don't have to. I mean, it, when you, even when you look at like James Baldwin, for example, like he's obviously... Uh, amazing sim sim driver and esports driver but he was also he, i think he won his first race in british gt you know yeah um and so there 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 are ways to um to 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 get into racing in a non-traditional way if you can if you can apply yourself and and learn quickly and 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 obviously james is extremely talented as well so um but again the 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 cost thing of racing comes into effect where this year he he's obviously 
doing great in sim racing, but he doesn't have a full-time ride just because it's, it's too expensive. So that's, that's the tough reality of, of real racing in, in that you have to be able to find investors. You have to be able to find sponsors. Whereas in, in real, in, in esports now, like James gets, gets paid to drive for McLaren and F1 esports. So, um, and V10 R league. So, uh, that's just a, it's an interesting, shift i think and and hopefully with the cost measures now in place in f1 that maybe real racing can kind of shift back to to where drivers can actually uh get to where they want to go and not necessarily have to be a billionaire (laughs) yeah i'm glad that's changing because i think my point was that it's kind of um it's like a it's like an old view like a stereotypical view really that a lot of people have within motorsport that you have to kind of do that but guys like you and james are showing that you you know there's people out there who've got the talent but they've just not necessarily got the money to go through that you know the the karting series and everything and yeah i mean if you look at karting it's again it's it's a People can spend anywhere two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand euros a season for karting. That's mad, isn't it? That's which is mad. just, which is, it, which is just in, insane. I mean, and it, 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 not to to bash Formula One or anything too much, but it tells you all you need to know about racing when the only American F one team has the son of a Russian oligarch and the Russian flag on the side of the car. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's just the, and that's the harsh reality about real racing is that it just costs so much that uh, the money needs to come from somewhere for these teams to operate. And the economics of, of racing are, are fundamentally flawed for, for drivers to have a fair shot uh, against each other. So I remember speaking to James on the podcast a couple of months ago, and he was saying that he was in the paddock for his first race when he was, because he obviously won the world's fastest game competition. Yep. He got a, a real-life drive in the GT3 um, British Car Championship, um, driving a uh, souped at McLaren and stuff for Jensen Button's team. And yep. he was in the paddock, and one of the... He didn't name who it was, but one of the other drivers said, um, can you just not... Can you not get in the way when I lap you? And I thought... <laughs> and that then was James just, won the race. <laughs> and then, well, he got pulled, didn't he? But he or was he pulled in away. the... Yeah. He was taken away because of track he went, limits. I know I, those British tracks, honestly, with the track limits, when you touch the curb, like yeah. you get the track, it's it's a bit ridiculous yeah, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I really feel for him on that one. Yeah, but he, I mean, he won a few races and he was exceptional during the championship. And I think absolutely all the people who were doubting him wrong throughout that that series, and it just proved. I mean, and people like you as well proved that you don't have to go through that traditional route if you've got the talent. Um, that should be all that matters. And I think the point that. I've made a lot of time, people who listen to the podcast will know, but there must be people from a lot of different backgrounds as well who've got this talent to be a racing driver, but there's just no way for them to get into it without without spending money that they haven't got or might not have access to. So esports and, you know, competitions like the world fastest gamer and and things like that that could be a genuine route to show you've got that potential um, yeah absolutely that? it's a it's a it's a democratization of of sport in essence um because yeah with with these with f1 esports for example with these i mean yarno for example came from real racing and now he's like the best yeah, f1, yeah. f1 esports driver um and he obviously couldn't continue in real racing because he didn't have the budget to to make it to to uh, F three and and F two and and so, um, but now you he's making way more money than any uh, than any uh, F F two or F three driver because it's uh, 
you need to as a, as a driver you have to find a way to 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 bring that bring that budget whether it's being part of a young driver program or whether it's most of those also you have to have some sort of backing that brings incentive to the team to put you in the driver program as well so it's it's uh it's real racing is a really political and complicated world um and certainly i think with like you said with the likes of world fastest gamer and 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 uh, even before with like gt academy and stuff like that um it did like i raced against uh yan martinborough who was a winner of the nissan gt academy and obviously he's gone on to um to race in super formula and and super gt and and become a like a paid professional driver and and i mean that's that it shows that you can go the opposite way and i think having more competitions like that and more opportunities as racing esports grows uh you'll see some people being able to make that make that jump yeah i really hope so and i think in in regards to it's not the same with all esports is it i mean if you look at fifa esports for example if you're good at fifa that doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at football or that you could exactly. be exactly a good no, racing is whatever but r- racing's one of the few games that is actually transferable in terms of skill set um because you're doing but, all the movements are you doing the pedals you're doing the the brakes you're doing yeah the yeah steering I mean, angles the apex and stuff and yeah there is a bit of a difference i'd say between like sim racing and racing esports for example um but in the end the the being able to do a fast lap you do a fast lap but um i think the for example, when you're in a real car, like in a, in a real F2 car, for example, like it's nothing like it is driving the F2 car in the in the F1 game, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can only develop that over time and experience um, with in 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 the real world, you know, um, but you can use it as a way to practice and kind of hone your skills. But um, there's still at the same time, it doesn't uh, you still need to have a lot of experience to be able to compete at at that level um which again is uh hopefully something that we can see shift uh to allow more people the opportunity to to get there definitely so when did you first get involved with veloce so i first met the co-founders rupert uh svensson cook and jack clark who were also both uh racing drivers um in it was i think it was february or march of uh 2019 so i had i'd finished the season in 2018 um in in abu dhabi and i i did the f2 test the f2 test went really well but uh i couldn't find the budget to race in in f2 for for that season um so i was uh traveling i was actually in asia with a friend of mine who uh Marlon Stockinger, who's a Swiss Filipino racing driver, because um, when I, I was racing in Europe, uh, my family we lived in in Switzerland, um, and I met Rupert and Jack actually at the Zurich airport through Marlon uh, when we were coming back from from the Philippines because we were out there trying to find a a, a GT ride in in Asia. <laughs> so um, so I met them and and got really interested in in what they were doing because they were there for a meeting with uh with Alfa Romeo which was obviously uh Sauber which is one of their their clients um or one of our clients at at one of our customer teams at Veloce um and yeah just really got interested in what they were doing in in terms of uh creating an organization and and a business around around racing esports so um I ended up going to London to meet with them and uh got yeah 
we really we really hit it off and um, got got involved in the business. They they offered me a job, and uh, so in September twenty nineteen, I, I formally uh, joined joined the company um, and and started started working with Rupert Rupert and Jack very closely on on building the business from where it was then, which was about probably about 10, 10 employees, and uh, out of out of their little uh, muse house because. Um, Rupert and Jack also before they started the esports business, they were managing racing drivers. So um, they really went from sports management and pivoted into esports. So um, from then it was yeah 10, 10 people in in twenty nineteen to now over over forty five and a new HQ in London. So it's it's been uh, some it's been a pretty pretty amazing time uh, over the last year and a half or so. Yeah, it was good timing, wasn't it? The the time you joined that kind of the growth from from that point has been unbelievable, really for what they've achieved it's 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 been a it's certainly a from when obviously when we started we had alpha we had maybe around uh the monthly viewership across our network is a is a really important metric for us um and from from then we had about maybe 20 20 to 30 million views that was when we first had like our, our let's say core group of creators like erav uh fng um and, and a few others who are who are now part of uh, Quadrant, which is our, our joint venture with with Lando. Um, but from then we had about thirty million views and a, a few clients and a few partners. But for, since then, I mean, we've we've signed uh, McLaren. We've signed. We run the esports team for uh, Mercedes F1 now um, with Yarno. Um, and then we also are building a, a, a regional esports uh, entity with uh, the Abu Dhabi government called the Asheet, uh, which is a regional uh, centered around the Yas Marina circuit in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, and so the, obviously our client list has grown a lot in terms of customer teams. And then, um, yeah, partners like New Balance coming on board and then we recently announced Bang and & Olufsen, and, and I mean, the growth has just been uh, incredible. And then on the viewership front, to go from, yeah, 30 million, we're now at uh, 230 million uh, so monthly views. Um, and then putting on events like Not the GP and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, obviously closing our Series A was a, was a big um, big milestone for us, and, and we're really... Uh, it was pretty amazing to be able to pull that off mid mid pandemic in in July of 2020, and since then, um, obviously that's opened us up to a lot of of new opportunities. Um, and also with our Extreme E team, uh, we are actually the first esports uh, organization to acquire a real life sporting franchise in our Extreme E racing team, which we just finished second in uh, in the finals in in Senegal. So. Um, there's there's been some yeah really amazing growth i'm super happy with the with the trajectory that we're on right now i mean you you mentioned that um the the um extreme e season i mean you, you had jamie chadwick driving for you in that and mm -hmm. you also you also have adrian newey involved as well i mean some yep. of the names that you've got on board just I mean, you guys are serious, serious yeah. players, aren't you? You're not messing around. No, we're we're really not messing around. And <laughs> I mean, we we recently announced uh, our our pre IPO funding round, and um, there's been a lot of interest. And obviously, we also announced our, our the first investor to subscribe with the, to that, which is Animoca Brands, uh, which is a Hong Kong based uh, uh, NFT and blockchain integrated gaming company that uh, recently did a fundraise at a 
I think, an $88 million fundraise at a $1 billion valuation. Uh, and so they've decided to invest some of that into into us, which is, is amazing and a great validation of, of where we're going as a business and as a company. Um, and, I mean, certainly the growth from, uh, I mean, again, we were in, in March of 2020, uh, we were 12 people. Uh, and now we're we're 45 and and uh, and growing quickly still, um, and a lot of exciting news on the horizon. So I think in terms of a, we've really been able to show our our value proposition and and attract uh, the capital that we need to to continue to to grow the business. So it's been uh, yeah, we're definitely very serious. <laughs> and and, and talking about another name, I mean Lando Norris. We've mentioned him a few times already, and we've mentioned Quadrant, his uh, gaming and lifestyle brand. That you, it's like a joint vision, isn't it, between you? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, that is yeah. So I mean, I was involved in a, in kind of the initial. That was a a, a, a long uh, process with with a kind of pitch process, I guess, with L- yeah. Lando and his team and and. Uh, showing them or kind of convincing them that uh, this could be something really valuable for for Lando and 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 his team and obviously behind quadrant is 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 Veloce so um that's uh the been a huge success for us uh certainly a bit of a i guess industry um disruptor in a sense um when you look at the likes of of guild uh in 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 the UK IPOing at uh 40 million valuation with with no <laughs> business behind it and yeah. no like or i guess they signed a few sponsors and stuff now but very different approaches we have a very content first approach um and i mean the growth from quadrant in four days we had 61 times the subscriber base that guild had generated over four months with david beckham behind it so um i think that kind of shows the the viability of our our our, our model and and how we were able to leverage um lando's presence and create something that was really actually really engaging and interesting to the community that people wanted to to be a part of and then from there once now that we have um this really strong uh fan base and subscriber base uh we can then have a much better value proposition when we go to partners and say look we want to have a rocket league team and um and and get involved in other esports uh, rather than just being, let's say, a content and apparel focus focused brand. So um, I think our quadrant has been a, a huge success for us, and uh, we have a, a couple more things in the pipeline that I can't share, but <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very excited, uh, very excited about. Yeah, I was just going to mention that actually in terms of like where Veloce is going in the future. I mean, it's already when you think of like esports and F1 esports and and just you know racing esports in general veloce seems to be involved in every every single big venture that you can think of really um i mean how how big can veloce get and where where what's the ultimate goal if you like i think the ultimate goal is to create a kind of holistic ecosystem across the board so whether that's from um continuing to to grow our talent roster um continuing to grow our network and, and viewership um developing uh more joint venture uh teams with like for example that we've done with with quadrant um and then also developing some uh some gaming assets with the likes of our our partners like animoca brands in in the kind of blockchain integrated gaming space so um 
that's about as as much as I can say at this <laughs> stage, I guess. Um, but I mean, certainly we want to continue to build our brand across esports, and obviously, Extreme E is another really exciting um, venture. And obviously, electric electrification and gender equality are 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 hugely important to to most people in in the in the esports demographic as well. So I think we're we're really creating a brand that that resonates with, uh, with a lot of people. So, um, we just want to continue to grow that and continue to provide really entertaining and engaging content, to the community and, and, and events and, 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 and that will continue to grow. Um, but that's kind of where I, where I see us going in, in terms of continuing to be a major player within racing esports and also, uh, diversifying into, uh, into other other esports. Obviously, we had our uh, Rocket League team, um, which we had to just put on pause for a bit during the pandemic, just because of, uh, yeah, just because for for cost control from a cost control perspective. But um, now that we're, uh, yeah, really, uh, there's a lot of momentum and there's been some amazing growth. I think uh, you'll see us taking part in in directly and indirectly in in various. Uh, other esports beyond racing esports too, but obviously we just want to continue to to grow and and uh, firm our place within within racing esports. Well, I mean, ever since I I laid eyes on the the not the GP series for the first time, I was hooked straight away, and all the content that Veloce put out there is just. I mean, for me as as a gaming fan, as an esports fan, and as like a racing fan as well, I'm a massive Formula One fan and. Um, it's the, just it's just amazing the content and it's just Thanks. really enjoyable, really fun and appreciate I mean, it. Seeing someone like Lando Norris as well involved in it, I mean, he's such a likable guy. But seeing him, you know, branch into the world of esports and things, I think it just there's there's a real F1 has a real problem with the demographic, doesn't it? In terms of the the age of people that watch it, and mm-hmm. I think that's really coming down now with obviously Liberty Media. They've done a lot of work with that, haven't they, over the last kind of couple of years, but. People like Lando Norris getting involved, and the younger generation. Obviously, there there's a there's a massive influence that esports and gaming has. So, you know, I, I can only see Veloce getting even bigger as as the years go on, and that's going to be good news for you guys. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the plan, and I mean in the end, we just want to we want to drive value for for our fans and and for for the community and and for everyone who's involved. So. Um, whether that's through things like Quadrant, whether that's through our content as Veloce, whether that's through our competitive teams, uh, our academies that we've set up, for example, with uh, with Yas Heat, we have a, a really strong regional academy, and we're really working to build racing esports as a as a legitimate legitimate um, kind of sporting thing within the region, and especially surrounding the the Yas Marina Circuit and the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So. Um, there's there's just a lot there's a lot going on within the ecosystem that you wouldn't just see when when looking at at, at Veloce, but um, we just want to continue to to grow that umbrella. And as you continue to grow and improve, um, I mean, racing games are going to get better and better, aren't they? We've got the new next gen consoles. I mean, PCs are yep. getting better every you know every year with the new graphics cards i know they're so hard to get though (laughs) yeah i mean the i think we were recording on thursday now and the the nvidia 3080 ti came out today didn't it and i mean i know that already i know it's it's a two so yeah i guess it's a bit of a supply chain issue with silicone but like i got i got really lucky with uh with uh finding i walked into a store in over christmas to get an ethernet switcher and i overheard the employee 
employees talking about, oh, let's go check out the 3090 we have in the back. No, why? <laughs> and so I said, excuse <laughs> me, did you guys just say 3090? So uh, they, they all like, look yeah, at each have... other and go, no, we didn't. Yeah, they, they were like, yeah, we have one in the back. Someone's coming to pick it up in 15 minutes, but uh, we we can't actually hold it because it's oh. just, I guess it's one of those products. And they were like, they brought it out and I looked at it. They were like, so if you wanted to get it, you can get it. I was like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I, I did a little bit of a PC uh, PC upgrade uh, over <laughs> over Christmas. Play I play uh, honestly. I mostly play Warzone <laughs> with my friends, yeah. but I'm gonna get back to uh, get back to streaming um, because uh, during the obviously during not the GB and stuff, I, I did get into get my get my Twitch partnership and stuff like that. So uh, just been honestly, it's been too busy with Falache to to um, to even think about streaming again but yeah, yeah. Uh, i have the setup to do it now so and we've got the new f1 game in july as well which i know i'm very excited yeah we've seen the first look at that i think i rather did a, a video on the the new yeah veloce we did some did some content around oh that yeah as well, watched, so, i did yeah. watch that one as well i did watch that one as well um just so you know thanks <laughs> <laughs> now our new our new head of content he actually came from f1 um oh, nice. and he's he's been doing a great job so uh I definitely look out for a lot of the the content that we have on the horizon as as Veloce. Um, we're almost at 100k with uh, on su- subs on our, our YouTube channel, which is great. And um, obviously, Quadrant is over 220 now, which is just insane. The growth yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. been the the video we put out last week with uh, Niran um, FNG. Um, doing a, tr- a training day with Lando <laughs> like that was, is that almost was brilliant. That almost was a million a million views now so I think what what we're showing with Quadrant is that like from a content perspective we can be competitive with the likes of these big existing esports organizations like 100 Thieves and and the FaZe clans of the world as we can as we continue to grow that and that's just one part of kind of the Lodge umbrella so um it's it's all really really exciting just one final question then with with obviously racing games they're going to get better and they're going to get more realistic and they're going to i mean real life racing uh, teams like mercedes and red bull have their own simulators which are incredibly realistic you could call them games in a way because they they are in a way yeah Um, when do you think we'll see the first true esports to f1 racing driver do you think it will happen in the next decade i think so um I think there there will be that that crossover. I mean, for example, with the with the racing sims, obviously during my career, I I did a lot of sim work, um, uh, both at Red Bull and then more recently in in last year, uh, I spent six months of the year in in Switzerland working for Alfa Romeo as their as their sim de- development driver, um, and obviously that that those those are so. <laughs> I mean. That the the level of, of detail and everything in, in that the, the the graphics themselves aren't actually that great, but like everything else is pretty amazing in terms of how they model the car. So there there is that I guess separation um, where it would they're using R Factor Pro, um, but for example, yeah. Assetto Corsa Competizione, I find like feels just as good actually because it looks so good. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously you can't extract the, the level of data and stuff that an F1 team needs to model different parts and stuff in a, in a set of Corsa, but certainly, um, the, as those games get better, I think, um, it, it will make the, I guess the crossover to, to real racing slightly, slightly easier, but I, I don't necessarily see, um, 
you that you still need to have that that experience um in in a real car and to to be able to compete against at that ultra high level like f2 and 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 f3 um but uh hopefully we can there there's a shift in the economics that allows um or or programs that will allow teams and 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 uh even f1 teams to be able to invest in in f2 and f3 teams so that those teams can instead of having to 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 uh take take budgets from from the drivers they can actually kind of select who they who they actually want on the team it's it's a weird the world of real racing is a bit strange in the sense that you have to be good but you have to also have the backing yeah Um, so and the sponsorship behind you and and that's i think as as someone who didn't start in 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 racing when i was young i had i really had to sell myself and and like because you you as much as you are an, uh, a racing driver and having to learn about driving, like you're also a, a business person and you have to be an entrepreneur. And I think that skill set I learned from when I was started racing has really been applicable to what I'm doing now at, at Veloce. So hopefully there is that, that shift where again, you can, you, someone will be able to, to come from, from racing esports to, uh, to the real thing. That would just be really, seems, really cool. Yeah, it just seems to me like, you know, when, with youngsters, like, you know, they're, if they're 12, 13, 14, 15, and they're, you know, they haven't got enough money to, to go kart in or to enter any championships, but they're, they're in eSports series and things. There's 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 a real opportunity to have F1 teams to have, like, an academy feeder thing where they get the best exactly. eSports drivers, give them a yeah. chance in a car. Uh, or It would be yeah. good content as well. Yeah, but yeah. I think I also, I, I, don't, I don't think you sh- we should uh, necessarily um diminish the the value of what racing esports itself can become for those people to 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 like to to become an f1 esports driver for example i I think it's much for it's much like what you're seeing in for example the cdl and league of legends where these these players become highly valuable esports athletes themselves so i think that um that will continue to to to, to grow and as the prize pool and F1 esports grows and and more teams invest more in 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 their in their teams and they see the value in that as as racing esports grows so that that's where I think we're we're less focused on that transition to to real the real world which is obviously important and and something um, that we want to keep our eye on but obviously the opportunity for us is is to grow um, to continue to grow racing esports and to to have control. Or uh, to be a player in in that space as it continues to grow, where, which is where I think we'll, we'll see the most value. That's a great point. I I'm just assuming that all the kids growing up will want to be F1 drivers, but they might want to be esports F1 F1 esports driver. So that's yeah, I mean, a viable career in itself. So exactly, that's and, one is one is not better than the other. They're both viable careers, and they're both exceptional, you know, industries to get involved in. So you know, it should be it. It doesn't have to be esports leads to F1, or you know, F1 leads to esports. That they can both exist in their own realm, can't they? Yeah, yeah, and I think there can be that crossover. Um, but I think. Uh, Obviously, the the opportunity we have here for for racing esports is is to continue to grow that and make it as big or get the the wider gaming community um, involved in it in a in a meaningful way that that can make it competitive uh, and interesting against the 
the let's say the AAA titles and and larger esports leagues out there. So yeah, I always like the, the, they talk about the Sims, don't they? Constantly like the F one teams. Like you always hear like you know, um, Toto Wolf come out and say, "Oh, Anthony Davidson did like twenty four hours in the sim last night and got our car ready." And I mean, just for the last weekend, I think Christian Horner's come out and said that um, it was Alex Albon that did all the work in the simulator for Max Verstappen to change his setup on the Saturday. To yeah. be able to be competitive, so I always think. I mean, it's just so just, crazy. <laughs> Codemasters, just a glimpse of your sim, and just see. Do you know what I mean? Just to see if they can, because um, I think there's there's real potential there, and it's just exciting, isn't it? For the for the for the esports industry and the real life race industry, it's only going one way. It's going to get better. It's going to be more competitive. And it's going to be more diverse, which is what everyone wants. Exactly, yeah. and and I think the what's really great about Extreme and with Jamie Chadwick, for example, like we can uh in in we're we're proving that like gender shouldn't really gender doesn't play a part in in becoming a successful racing driver and also successful in esports too so we want to we want to that equality angle and what extreme e represents is really important to us moving forwards and as we try to get more more girls involved in in racing esports as well and recently we have a uh, Emily Jones who's actually amazing and, and she's signed to McLaren um, and, and which is obviously a team we run so we that that catering to uh, a wider audience and getting more people involved is going to be really important to the su- success of, of racing esports moving forward 100 percent 100 percent I'm looking forward to everything that you're going to be doing and um, it's going to be really exciting to watch where where esports and, and F1 goes next. But Ryan, I really appreciate you spending all this time with me. Honestly, it's, I know you're a busy guy, so I really appreciate it. And it's been great. Thanks to for having to me, you. Nathan. Got, appreciate you, it. You've got an amazing story, and it's just great to to see someone getting involved in esports. And I wish you all the success. Not that you're going to need it, obviously, with Veloce, but um, I wish you all the success <laughs> with your future ventures. And thanks, thank you for, for chatting to me. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Nathan. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. Level Up.